This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at messy.fm. Welcome to episode five of the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm here today with my first guest, Emily, who is a bilingual native. Uh, she was raised bilingually. She's a college graduate, and she's here to tell us all about her journey. So welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. So um, we're going to start uh, with the introduction. So if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, mm-hmm. um, your family, what you do, just anything you'd like to say about your life. Yeah, sure. So... Um, I was raised by Egyptian immigrants, so my second language would be Arabic, Um, but I feel like it wasn't really intentional. I know my parents had like a lot of confusion as to whether I would learn English properly in schools, Mm -hmm. um, if they were speaking Arabic at home, especially because they had just immigrated. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so it sort of just happened I would say mm-hmm. because you know Lots that's how they're talking to each other right <laughs> so and yeah. um so you speak Arabic and English yes. um was your first language Arabic or was it more English what would you say yeah so I think when I was and do you have brothers and sisters yeah because that's important yeah so I have an older brother mm-hmm. um and so I think that by the time my parents got to me they had like a little bit more footing mm-hmm. on what they wanted to do with our sort of language learning. Mm -hmm. I would probably say that my first language is English because it is stronger than my Arabic language skills. Um, But I think that at home when I was a kid, my parents primarily spoke Arabic, especially because we also have a very strong um, church community that's uh, primarily Arabic speaking. So whenever we would go to church, which was every weekend, Mm And whenever we would hang out with family, friends, um, all of the parent generation was primarily speaking Arabic and a good 50 to 75 percent of the um, mass Mm -hmm. was done in Arabic and also the Coptic language, which is a dead language now. (laughs) So irrelevant. Still, yeah. So you've had some exposure to that as well. Yeah. Um, So you were in lots of different spheres where people were speaking Arabic, Mm -hmm. were um, like kids and youth also speaking it or was it just mostly adults? Yeah, I would say now as young adults, I have more friends who are Arabic speaking than when I was a kid Mm -hmm. because I don't know, I found that when we were just the kids hanging out together, we would just resort right to English. But because I have cousins and aunts and like my grandmother before Mm -hmm. she passed away, also lived in Egypt, when I would speak to people of that generation, Mm -hmm. um, or like my cousins who live in Egypt, that was pretty much the only young people I'd speak Arabic to. Mm -hmm. But I think now as young adults, we like to use Arabic in sort of humor. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you you know your capabilities now, like I can use this, you have more choice, you have more... Exactly. Knowledge about it and care probably as well. Exactly. And also I think when you're a kid, it's not as like, I don't know, to me, I never felt like it was cool that I spoke Arabic. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was more of something that I wanted to hide from the other kids. It made you different. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I remember a lot in elementary school, kids would make fun of me because my parents were mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. Oh yeah. And they'd be like, do your parents even speak English? And I'd be like, yeah. Oh. Um, so I also grew up in a very like 
predominantly white community. Okay. So it was really weird that my parents were immigrant. There mm-hmm. was only one um, other girl in my grade who was a child of immigrants in my elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was um, a child of um, Hispanic mm-hmm. um parents mm-hmm. and so one Puerto Rican parent one Cuban parent mm-hmm. and so we became really good friends because yeah. I feel like we bonded over that yeah you had a shared experience yeah, yeah. um as we grew up there was more like South Asian yeah. kids who moved to the community um but there was still no Middle Eastern kids mm-hmm. so I think that that was a little bit hard for me as a kid that I would be like oh yeah it's cool that I'm Egyptian like people like to be like oh the pyramids yeah but then being Middle Eastern wasn't really a very hot thing to be in the early 2000s. Right. So late 90s, people were like, ooh, Mm. don't really like you. Right, I'm forgetting that's when you grew up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I I don't think it was something I was particularly proud of as Mm -hmm. a kid. But now you would say that's different. Oh, definitely. Now I'm like, I don't care about you guys. I'm cool. (laughs) It's such a gift. Um, Can can I go back to your parents? Um, How was their English? Was it like okay when they first came or did they have to learn a lot? They were pretty good. I mean, so my parents are both professionals. So my dad was doing his uh, medical equivalency to become a, like mm-hmm. a licensed physician here. Mm-hmm. He was a radiologist in Egypt. And my mom, likewise, was doing her pharm- pharmaceutical equivalency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've always been proficient in English. They've obviously improved mm-hmm. since they first came because then it was their like second language, but now it's sort of their yeah. working language. Obviously, it's the primary. Their, yeah. It's their primary language. Obviously, they're still native Arabic speakers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom also grew up going to a German school, so she was oh. raised learning German, French, English, and Arabic. <laughs> yeah, a proficient polyglot. Exactly. So she was fluent in German and Arabic, and well, she, I would say English. I mean, I don't really remember to not be honest. to mention you speak Egyptian dialect. Yes. Did they also teach you to speak? Classical. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. modern standard yeah, Arabic. Yeah, modern standard. Or... Yeah. Uh, no. So that is. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother beast. Kind of and <laughs> we actually make a lot of jokes because the Bible in our church is uh, read in mm-hmm. modern standard Arabic. Okay. And me and all my friends make jokes that we're like, we just zone out yeah. once they start reading the Bible because it's like, okay, there's a word I know. And then there's a word I, I don't know. Like in, a, in total, you don't understand it. It's like another language. Um, is it that different? There's like maybe 60% comprehension. Okay. So it's not a completely different language, but it's not like I was raised in Egypt and I mm-hmm. like learned Arabic in schools right. so that right. I should be able to read this. Mm-hmm. And now that I've actually spent a good amount of time, I so I usually visit Egypt twice a, twice a year, what am I saying? Um, once every two years <laughs> okay. with my family. That would be nice twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> Once every two, that's great. Yeah, so... Since forever? Or is that... We took, like, a six-year, seven-year-ish break at the time of um, the revolution in okay. Egypt. Yep. Yep. Um, and was all, 2011? Yeah, I was in France then. Yeah, so it was actually, I think, 2008 We was the last time we had gone before that mm-hmm. happened. And then we returned in 2014. Yeah. Um, so, but we would always go for like two weeks max. So it wasn't really mm. a ton of time for me to get a full picture of what the culture yeah. around language you is. You probably just got comfortable when the, you guys were leaving. Exactly. Oh, now I can do this. Okay, time to go back. <laughs> exactly. But 
as you know, I just spent a little over two months mm-hmm. there. And I learned that, you know, Arabic is the hardest subject in school for most for them. Yeah. of the youth because <laughs> it's a very hard language. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the grammar is specifically very difficult. Yep. And then the way that they teach it is like using the Quran and then also like um, poetry. Yeah, not an easy, yeah, not easy text. Exactly. I, I studied a little Arabic in 2011 in oh. France when mm-hmm. all the craziness was happening. But I remember plurals, a lesson on plurals. And I was like, why are there so many endings? There's just, yeah, it's a crazy language. That's- yeah, it's really, really tough to learn. And so there's a good like portion of Egypt that is illiterate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a whole nother problem. Right. But um, um, Egyptian dialect is actually the most well understood dialect mm-hmm. in the Middle East. Well, Thanks to films, too. People love that. Exactly. The culture is just out there more than other, I feel like. Exactly. Film and music and literature. um, Is it closer also, though, or is it just that there's so much? Oh, no, it's not closer. Okay. It's just that there's so much media produced by Egypt. Exactly. I think Saudi Arabia is probably the closest Mm -hmm. to Fusha. I don't know. That's what it's called. Yeah, standard, modern standard. That's modern standard Arabic. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, it's been interesting actually as well for me because I was actually president of our Arabic um, mm-hmm. Cultural Association I saw that. Um, at my university, and I met Arabs from all like all over mm-hmm. the um, region, which was really great for me because, like I was saying, I didn't have any Middle Eastern friends yeah. outside of my church community before. So from your little elementary self to your your college self you really expanded that a lot exactly being the only one to being the president that's awesome yeah and so I learned a lot of Arabic in college actually yeah probably because I like different dialects yes I remember that as well this country says this you know even like a word like whale they were like well this country says this you know Morocco says I was like oh god oh Morocco Morocco's yeah I was in Morocco for literally a day and everyone thought I was Moroccan because mm-hmm. I guess I look Moroccan. Yeah. And they would speak to me and I would literally be like, what? So French. then they would flip. <laughs> exactly. So they would speak French to me and I would respond in Arabic. And that's how we functioned that's because amazing. I would maybe have a sentence in French, mm-hmm. but then to, you know, communicate a more complex thought, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say something in Arabic and see if they Your understand. French comprehension is enough to... Yes. So full disclosure, Emily was my French student when she was a high school student. <laughs> She's a great French teacher, everyone. <laughs> so we should disclose. Yeah. So while we're on the subject, how many languages do you know? Um, does Have Coptic count? Sure. I guess four then. Okay. Um, but English. Coptic, again, is dead. <laughs> well, so you studied English, obviously. Yes. Arabic. Um, Arabic. Did you study ever? No. I'm, no. I I've never... self-taught a little bit. Okay. Um, but... I, you know, at my university, one Arabic class was six credits. Oh, wow. So I was a double major and there was no time. <laughs> there was no time. Yeah. So, but yeah, so English, Arabic, French, and Coptic. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Not as good as some people, I would say. Oh, you can't compare. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, Arabic is a great language to learn. Very mm-hmm. useful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how many countries? It's like 21 or something. Yes. It's definitely 20 plus yes. countries that speak it. Yes. But as you've heard from us, there's a big variety. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, can you speak a little bit more about, um, you mentioned briefly that you have family and you had church community. Um, mm-hmm. Just maybe like what a typical day was like when you were growing up. Like yeah. how much would you have used it? You know, weekends might have been different with church, but mm-hmm. maybe on a weekday, how much Arabic would you have used? Yeah. Or even in the present day, you know, yeah. how much are you using Arabic versus English? Yeah. 
So I would say when I was growing up, um, I would use Arabic mostly in at home. Like, mm-hmm. so on a weekday, maybe in the morning before I left for school, it was sort of like a mix of Arabic and English, even like, mm-hmm. even if my mom would like speak to me in Arabic, I w- could respond in English or I could respond in Arabic and I wouldn't even notice. From sentence to sentence. Yeah. And she could yeah. say something in Arabic or English and it wouldn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But definitely in more like emotional settings, like if she's telling me to hurry up mm-hmm. or that I need to do well yeah, today, yeah. it's definitely Arabic. <laughs> That you would speak back? Oh, that, that she, she would speak. speak. That oh, okay. she would speak. And then I would probably respond in Arabic mm-hmm. because I don't know why I feel like I have more license to be rude in Arabic. Okay. It's like it's not as like – it doesn't have I – don't, I don't know. Or maybe it, it just feels more equal. Like she's speaking to you in Arabic so you can – you know, if she's barking to you like yellow, yellow, bark back in Exactly. Arabic. Exactly. I'm like, Michi. <laughs> so like, yeah. And I think as well um, – it's funny how um, people who are bilingual just interject. They don't even notice like what language was just spoken to them. Because I yes. know I've asked people like, well, did they say it in this language or that? Like, I don't know. I didn't notice. I just understood it. And I think that is such an interesting thing yeah. for a bilingual. And you've always been bilingual yeah. um, being raised here by immigrants. So that's it's such an interesting concept. Yeah. It's really weird, too, because like going back to the average day, let's say I would go home. My parents worked um, like all the time. So we would go to... Um, like an after school Mm -hmm. situation. So let's say my mom was picking me and a friend up. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't notice if my mom would like make a significant effort to speak Mm -hmm. in English if one of my friends, if a friend was there. But you know, sometimes like something slips in, in Arabic or something. We would get home. My friend would say to me, oh, like, what was she saying? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Were you not like, did you not hear what she was saying? No, she like didn't say that in English. I feel like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's hard for you to remember what part. Exactly. I'm like, what part didn't you hear? Yeah. I do that to my husband all the time. I'm like, what did, what did your mom just say? He's like, which part? (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to follow if you're just paying attention Mm -hmm. to what they're saying. So I would say that it was always, sort of a mix of the two but on weekends I think that was definitely when most of my Arabic learning mm-hmm, happened <laughs> yeah because we would go to church and then after that there's like okay our our mass is like four hours already <laughs> so that's like four hours of Arabic okay. and then it's we're all gonna like eat breakfast mm-hmm. and now that my parents have peers who are fluent in Arabic it's like okay we're speaking in Arabic yeah. now yeah. Um, so listening to them talk and wanting to pick up what's going on, obviously I think a kid's brain is very curious and they're like, okay, what's happening? Especially Um, if you hear your name dropped, you're like, what did they say about me? Exactly. And then going out to dinner or like going to someone's house on the weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would always go to camps in the summer with our, um, like neighbors who, well, they're not really neighbors. They live like 20 minutes away, but okay. that was Egyptian yeah. neighbors close Egyptian enough. Egyptian neighbors, okay. <laughs> um, I would always go to camps with like their daughters. Okay. So in the summer too, it was like, okay, like tons, which means like auntie, this mm-hmm. is like going to pick me up and yeah. hearing our parents like speaking back and forth, like planning and mm-hmm. then being at their house with their grandparents. Um, so yeah, I would say that sort of in the non-school times, mm-hmm. It was all. It was pretty much like, yeah. It was pretty much just like naturally Arabic. How about like things you consumed? Like was TV in Arabic ever? Or did your oh. parents just have? 
standard table here. <laughs> oh no no <laughs> so we had like a, a dish mm-hmm. which actually ended up getting struck by lightning and ruining oh. the electronics in our home oh, no. so thank you arabic television <laughs> um but yeah my dad loves like arabic film mm-hmm. and literature yeah well, so the Arabs messes that stuff, yeah. yeah exactly so especially the egyptians gotta mm-hmm. shout out egypt yes, yes. um so i used to watch a lot of egyptian movies with my dad as a kid mm-hmm. so it's even funny now when i was just in egypt i would say phrases that i picked up mm-hmm. from my dad and i guess from film and were they kind of old <laughs> they were kind of old or they would be like really famous phrases from like movies uh-huh. that my friends would be like what like how like how would you know that and it's like oh I like watch this movie with my dad and they would be so surprised Mm -hmm. that we like shared that in common even though I was raised here Mm -hmm. um so I'm almost like trying to think of an English example like nobody puts baby in the corner like if you like came out with one of those like a foreigner I'd be like what how do you know that you know okay yeah exactly (laughs) so there's some very quintessential Mm -hmm. Egyptian films that are like really funny and just I think really important to the culture mm-hmm. that I don't think, I really don't even think it was intentional. Mm-hmm. It was just my dad. He liked them. He liked them. And that's how I would spend time with my dad. Like he would work all day at the hospital and then he would come home. I just want to sit. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So he would be like, come sit next to me, come sit next to me. Aww. So I would just like sit and like watch these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing when my grandmother would come stay with us, my dad's mother. Um, From so Egypt? She, so she, so my mom's mother actually lived in Egypt, but my dad's mother immigrated to Canada, okay. my dad's sister, mm-hmm. um, like maybe 10 years after my dad's sister immigrated to Canada. Yeah. So she would come spend a few months at our house mm-hmm. to like see me and my brother. Yeah. And so she would like literally 24 seven, it's like the Coptic television. It's not, this is not Egyptian <laughs> film. This is like, they're like replaying sermons. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think oh. that's how I learned a lot of, um, like religious language Mm -hmm. because it's a lot more formal and not really something that I feel like I could pick up if I just heard it once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was every day when she was there. Oh yes. And now (laughs) when we visit her, it's like just background music. Mm -hmm. It's just like what's on. (laughs) It's just this um, Coptic television. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think television definitely was very important for and you yes. and I mean not even just language, but you got so much culture from it. So yes. I think that's that's so amazing. Yes. Hi everyone. I hope you're enjoying my interview with Emily. I just wanted to take a few quick seconds to say that I'm always looking for more guests to interview. So if you are bilingual and were either raised bilingually, are raising children bilingually, or maybe both of those situations apply to you. Uh, and you would like to be on my podcast, please reach out. You can contact me by email at tfibpodcast, so that's tfibpodcast at gmail.com, which of course stands for The Future is Bilingual Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at The Future is Bilingual, no spaces or underscores. Um, And I hope to hear from some of you soon and maybe have your voices on the podcast. Thank you. And back to the interview. Okay. So we're back. Um, I wanted to, before we move on, ask you um, about your brother, because you said you spoke a lot of Arabic during the day with your parents and with your community. 
Um, for a lot of parents, uh, when they have siblings and one of those siblings goes to school, it's very, um, the community language, which is English, um, has a big influence and the kids will start speaking English to each other. Um, you mentioned sometimes speaking English back to your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering what that relationship was like, how much older your brother is, just a little bit of that information. Yeah. So my brother is three years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I probably think like, I don't, I wasn't there or I was there, but not conscious. Right. Um, I don't remember, basically, is the bottom line. My, I think they probably spoke more Arabic to my brother than they did to me when I was a baby or growing up, mm-hmm. just because, obviously, it was much sooner after they had just immigrated. Yeah. And a lot more family actually came when my brother was born than me. So, like, Aww. I guess I'm not important. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Like> second baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have bitterness. But it's okay. My brother got to mess everything up, and now I get to yeah. do it. Perfect the first baby. time. I'm the second child as well, so it was, it was good to be the second. <laughs> yes, so I guess it has its benefits and drawbacks. But, um, yeah, so we actually typically will speak English to each other, mm-hmm. except in, like, public settings where we want, like, a secret language. We'll, like, speak Arabic to one another. Um, and also now, like I was saying, with, like, jokes and, mm-hmm. like, cultural things mm-hmm. – um, or for like quoting our parents. Oh yeah. Um, to, to the original. <laughs> exactly. There's just a different meaning. Like it just won't translate correctly. Yeah. And uh, jokes for sure don't. They're not the same. It's really hard to translate a joke. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I think though, otherwise we both like if we're giving each other advice or telling one another about our day, mm-hmm. we definitely just like resort to English. Whereas if we were with our parents, it you could think- really like. Mm-hmm find itself in a mix just because one of our parents might just start saying something in Arabic. So we'll mm-hmm. just find ourselves sort of there. It kind of triggers your brain to start thinking in Arabic more too. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that I don't honestly really remember when we were kids, like what we were like, if we were speaking Arabic with one another, mm-hmm. I like have a hard time believing that though, because I feel like a lot of our communication was like mm-hmm. pretty antagonistic oh. <laughs> when we were like in elementary school just because mm-hmm. like we were at that age yeah. where like um we were just like messing with each other a lot mm-hmm. um well mostly he was messing with me I was yeah. pretty nice <laughs> to him probably, <laughs> yeah sure. um I imagine that maybe when we were like toddlers or you something we were probably saying yeah. some stuff in Arabic because toddlers just repeat what they hear their parents say exactly so for sure I'm sure you're playing off those roles. Yes. That's funny. You should see if your parents have any video footage. <laughs> yes. But now my cousins, at first, when I first went um, for my um, two-month trip mm-hmm. to Egypt, at the beginning, they are like, oh, we feel like your brother might be better at Arabic. And I was like, okay, rude. Oh. But, like, that's probably because, like I was saying, he was just, like, more exposed to it at mm-hmm. a younger age. But then by the end of the trip, they're like, nah, you're good. And I was like, okay, thank you, everyone. I was trying to test you or force you or like give you a little challenge (laughs) they knew i would rise to the occasion it might also be like an arabic speaking thing because i had a friend that was like let's test like he kept like making me like go into the store and like practice your french and i was like why why (laughs) giving me like language tests yeah if you can order this thing with i'm like okay (laughs) yeah i mean not to generalize but i'll just speak to egyptians Mm -hmm. they're like very um I would just say, like, maybe a little bit, like, haughty about Arabic Mm -hmm. in it being, like, a a challenging language, Mm -hmm. especially with, like, English speakers. Yeah. Um, So they'll be like, oh, like, 
you speak Arabic? Oh, like you speak English? Well, I speak Arabic. So, but it was actually really, it was, people were really nice about it. Like when I would go out with my family friends mm-hmm. um, and I would meet their friends um, like out at dinner or if we were like going to hang out somewhere, mm-hmm. people would always be like, oh, wow, like you're American, but you like speak Arabic. Like good for you. Like yeah. people were actually like a lot more That's encouraging mm-hmm. that it made me feel like more confident to speak Arabic with them. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, there was definitely moments where I just like wanted to be like, ah, I feel like this is a very complex thought. And I'm going to say it, and they're going to be like, what did that was wrong? Yeah, no, you get into some language where you're like, you think, you overthink it. You're like, well, how do you form that, that verb? <laughs> yeah. How do I form this idea? Yeah, it can yeah. get overwhelming. Yeah. Did you speak mostly Arabic, half and half when you were over there? Yeah, so mostly Arabic. That's great. Basically because there was like a month of it where I was on a service trip mm-hmm. where I was like basically running a camp for local children in like this rural village and they were not going to speak English with me. (laughs) And there was a lot of moments where I was just like alone with them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, Emily, it's time to communicate. (laughs) You can do this. And they even have a different dialect than Northern Egypt and Southern Egypt. So they understood me completely, but there were some pronunciations Mm -hmm. where I was like, Okay, I'm gonna like take a leap of faith and say that that's what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And context helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it ended up working out and my Arabic improved like tremendously mm-hmm. when I was with them. And it was actually really funny because sometimes they would like make fun of me for like two seconds and then like another English speaker would walk in and I would say something in English and then they would be like, no, 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 don't speak English. We were just kidding. Please speak Arabic again. That's so, funny. That's cute. so I would be like, okay, you guys, like, yeah. don't make fun of me. Some of my best moments of learning French were from the kids that I taught. Yeah. I remember, you know, making them laugh about things I would say. Um, some yeah, very memorable ones. Like mm-hmm. I said, le météo for weather and not la météo. <laughs> Cause météo sounded masculine to me and they all laughed. And I also said, um, asseyez-vous dans les chaises. Um, sit in your seat as yeah. we say in English yeah. and you know they say sit on your seat uh-huh. <laughs> oh okay um, so they were just laughing because in the chair is like in the material so oh. that just sounded hilarious to their little six-year-old yes. ears so yeah to they just like, laughed that sounds me. like a that sentence yeah <laughs> good job Madame. oh my god so I like those stuck in my memory because those kids mocked me so much yeah so some you know it's not bad to make errors um yeah especially sure. when kids are correcting you yeah and then there's no yeah I don't care they're just like no you say it like this and yeah no big deal Yes, not as embarrassing as saying it to an adult or something. Yeah, yeah, they're. I learned like very basic words that I didn't know. I didn't know how to say. Like I would be like, "Oh, form a circle," and then I'd be like, "I don't think I know how to say circle." Mm -hmm. So I'd just be like, I'd be saying form, and then I'd be going like this, and one of the kids just said circle, and I was like, "Oh." Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Okay, now I know circle," which is data. Everyone who wants to know what a circle is in Arabic. Oh, yes, I'm going through that hardcore with my kids so yeah. yeah he's learning you know um, almost entering preschool so I'm like he needs to know shapes and I'm like I don't know how to say rectangle in Polish and yeah yeah so I had to learn all those yeah. you know crazy words that you don't really use that often yeah <laughs> circle being one of them um just uh before we end do you have um a proud bilingual moment or a, an event or a tradition mm-hmm. um something that you were able um able to do because you are an Arabic speaker I guess the thing that would come to mind is that during that trip, I was serving with Coptic kids. Mm -hmm. So it made me feel like, I don't know, it was just like a really special experience to feel like I could connect with these kids who live 
like 6,000 miles away mm-hmm. over um, like our sort of Coptic um, like religion together and that we had so many shared experiences because of that, yeah. like going to the four hour mass mm-hmm. and feeling like I was just like in my home church, even though I was like in a rural village in Egypt yeah. was just like really sort of a spectacular feeling. It was like, oh, wow, like this is the same thing that I do at mm-hmm. home. Um, and, and the kids are another generation, which it, is kind of hard to sometimes yeah. um, to have a, a common thread with them. I don't know. Sometimes it feels yeah. like, oh, you know, we're not we're not the same. Exactly. And like praying with them, Mm -hmm. like even doing the Our Father prayer, like I was teaching it to them in English, but being able to say it with them in Arabic Mm -hmm. was like so just like weird for me because I just never really imagined that I would be in that scenario. And even my dad was saying to me, he was like, wow, you've been to places in Egypt that like I have not gone. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was really nice. And I'm very thankful that um, I was sort of raised with that instilled in me so mm-hmm. that it feels so central to my identity that I yeah. like sort of feel like I can connect with these kids in that way. And you feel at home over there yeah. and at home over here. So that's such yeah. a blessing that yeah, you don't feel out of place in either. Yeah, it's really nice. It's awesome. So as, um, as a, a little ending, can you teach us, um, you said a couple words in Arabic, but mm. can you teach our listeners um, mm. a word or two in Arabic or a phrase yeah. or something? So um, maybe when someone cooks food, you can say um, at the end, uh, I'm going to assume that it's a female because Arab (laughs) culture, (laughs) but um, you can change it to, I'll teach you the male and female. How about that feminism? Um, So if a female has like made you food or um, brought you tea, even you can say, uh, so like, that's like, bless the hands that mm-hmm. brought it mm-hmm. and those would be her hands. It's a key. Key would be a female. And if it was um, a male, you would say to some edik, mm-hmm. um, ik being for the male. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Emily, for Thank being a guest. You. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This was fun. Bye. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Emily. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I hope you found it interesting and maybe learned something. If you did enjoy it and you're enjoying this podcast uh, so far, please do share it with someone that you think would uh, enjoy it as well. Also, if you are interested in being a guest, please do contact me. I would love to hear from you, uh, like I said, in email or on Instagram. And also, if um, if you have anything you want to share, any feedback, positive, negative, I would love to hear it. So contact me by email. Contact me on Instagram in a DM or in the comment section. So that's all for today. Thank you all for listening. And I hope to bring you a new episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.